0: Hello and welcome to episode 60, yes, episode 60 of the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I am Tim Robertson, the host of the Observer's Notebook and also the coordinator of the training program within the ALPO. I want to thank you for downloading and listening. The ALPO collects and analyzes observations of various solar system bodies and associated phenomena, and publishes detailed reports concerning these bodies in its quarterly publication, the Journal of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. This podcast depends upon donations from you. Yes, you are listeners to keep it alive. If you enjoy what you hear on the podcast, you can donate to it via Patreon. You can give as little as a dollar a month if you feel even more generous. For $5 a month, you receive early access to the podcast before it goes public. For a monthly donation of $10, you receive a copy of the Novice Observer's Handbook, which is the official handbook of the ALPO training program. And for $35 a month, you receive producer credits on the podcast. You can help us out by going to www.patreon.com slash observersnotebook. If you'd like to join the ALPO, you can for as little as $18 a year. For more information, visit us on the internet by going to www.alpo-astronomy.org. And you can also find us on the Facebook. Just search for ALPO Astronomy. And also the Observer's Notebook has a Facebook page as well. Just search for Observer's Notebook. If you enjoy what you hear in the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. Please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode of the podcast. And now, this special edition of The Observer's Notebook, where we talk about the upcoming total lunar eclipse. I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Today we have a special guest on, Mike Reynolds, the past executive director of the ALPO, but he's our eclipse guru. Welcome to the podcast, Mike.
1: Hey, Tim, thank you for having me. Uh, an exciting year coming up at eclipses, it looks
0: like. It does, and we're going to talk about one today, uh, one coming up this January.
1: Yeah, we have a nice total lunar eclipse that's well positioned for Well, a lot of the world, quite frankly. Um, But here in North and South America, uh, we can see all totality, which is really nice.
0: Now, I was lucky enough to be in Europe last summer for a total lunar eclipse. I I think, where was I? I was in uh, uh, Corsica, France, on a cruise. Oh, yeah. So that was rather nice. Um, And that, that one there was one of the longest eclipses for like 100 years, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, that was 103 minutes of totality. The moon went very deep into the Earth's umbral shadow. This eclipse coming up isn't quite as long. It's only 62 minutes of totality versus the 103. It's a little closer to the edge of of the Earth's umbral shadow, but that means we'll get probably more colors. The one thing nice when you get a, a, a closer to the edge of the umbra is that Quite often you get kind of whitish, almost yellowish at one part of the limb of the moon, and it gets darker and darker and darker. So it's not as long, but hey, we'll take them as we can get them.
0: This is true, and this is happening on uh, January 20th, I believe?
1: January 20th, it starts for, again, those of us in North and South America. Um, The um, Universal Time Dateline actually has it on the 21st. But it'll start for us on the evening, late evening of the 20th. And again, depending what time zone you're in across the uh, North and South American areas. Uh, it should be a nice eclipse. It's a Sunday evening. For those of us in the United States, Monday is Martin Luther King Day, so it's a holiday. No excuse to not to stay up late and watch the entire eclipse. <laughs> That's so, very
0: good. Now, it should be spectacular. Now, what makes one eclipse, lunar eclipse different from another?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of factors. Um, The obvious um, kind of orbital mechanics is that eclipses um, occur, lunar eclipses occur when the moon falls in the Earth's shadow. You can have that outer penumbral shadow and the inner umbral shadow, which is much darker. So depending where the moon passes within that shadow depends on the type of eclipse you'll get. A lot of observers say they don't like penumbral eclipses. I love them because you got a very bright full moon that suddenly starts taking on these very subtle shades. Then you may get a, a partial lunar eclipse that only passes through the penumbral shadow of the Earth, but also starts going into that umbral shadow. And then, as we'll have on the 20th, 21st of January, you end up with a um, a, a total lunar eclipse where the moon does pass completely into the Earth's um, humble shadow. So that's kind of the description of the three and how deep it passes depends on how long the eclipse is and how dark the eclipse will being. The other factor by the way is often what's in the Earth's atmosphere. We've noted with some eclipses if you have like you know volcanic ash from a uh, volcanic eruption. Uh, you'll end up with a darker eclipse because remember you're getting light leaking around the Earth's atmosphere. So it just really depends on a number of different things, and obviously clear weather for the observer is kind of important too.
0: Yeah. Now, unlike total solar eclipses, you don't have to be in a narrow path to observe this. No, no. Anywhere you can see the moon during that period, Any, right. you, you will see the eclipse.
1: Right. Anywhere on the dark side of the Earth, um, you're going to be able to see totality if the weather. Will allow you to do so. That's you know that's kind of like the other factor. You know, some parts of the United States, um, it's a good time; to others, it's a cold or bad time for us here in Florida, where I reside. It's usually our chances of seeing it's usually pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm here in Southern California. We're about the same too. Yeah, it yeah. might it might dip down to the 60s for us. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Life
1: is hard, isn't it? It, it is tough. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: what what type of equipment do you need to ob- observe a lunar eclipse?
1: Well, you can go anything from as simple as the unaided eye. In fact, we have on the ALPO website information about making timings um, with using just the unaided eye that was written by the late John Westfall, and I did a little bit of updating for that. Um, You can use binoculars, you can use telescopes, you can photograph, you can time um, shadow ingress, negress across craters. Some will try to look for lunar occultations and time occultations at that time. There's just a variety of types of things. You can estimate how dark the eclipse is. There's a variety of things that you can do um, from just simply getting out and observing to making some um, estimates of how dark or um, light the totality is.
0: Now, what does timing the, the uh, crater egress times give you.
1: Right, well, yeah, what we do is
0: it allows
1: us a little bit to understand uh, a little bit more about the Earth's shadow and how the moon moves across it. It's not, should I say, you know, really hard science as far as us discovering things, but it is interesting. The other thing that observers often will do as they're doing these timings is look for any sort of transient phenomena. Is there any sort of flashing or outgassing as the um, shadow moves across the moon and goes from you know high noon basically to midnight on the moon. So it, it, it's an interesting time to look for a sort of phenomenon like that.
0: Now, are there any tips or tricks to photographing a lunar eclipse?
1: Well, patience is number one. <laughs> it, it, you know, you think about photographing the moon, and the moon is a little bit easy when you're talking about you know, first quarter, last quarter, it gets a little trickier as you get towards some, you know, highly gibbous or even full. The trick here is because you often will have these subtle color changes, making sure that like the very bright white doesn't wash out the very deep red, copper or brownish colors. Um, I'll often just take a series and and quite frankly, will just um, make sure that I have a wide range of images, and the one thing you should be prepared for is, and this is kind of hard to believe with the moon, but especially dark lunar eclipses, you may need a longer exposure, so be prepared to track, make sure you've got a mount that, if possible, that you can, you know, an equatorial type mount that will track as as you're trying to image. I've had some photos of have taken of total lunar eclipses that have been in, into the second ranges, rather than, you know, a twentieth of a second or a hundredth of a second or a thousandth of a second with a very bright moon. So um, just bracket, 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 bracket.
0: Yeah I've seen lunar eclipses in the past where the moon just seems to disappear.
1: Yeah. It's like a black dot per- in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. One of my very earliest eclipse memories as a as a very young kid was one in the nineteen sixties the moon actually just disappeared, went black. It was really kind of eerie. Yeah
0: no do you have expectations for this lunar eclipse? How bright it will be and what it should look
1: like? It'll be I think it's going to be fairly bright because, again, the the moon in passing the Earth's umbral shadow will pass fairly close to the, to the edge of the shadow. So, you know, it'll be a nice eclipse, but I expect it'll be colorful but not too dark. I'll watch it be really dark, you know. Yeah. Maybe there's a volcano that goes off or something like that in advance, but I, I suspect it will not be a dark eclipse.
0: Yeah, and that's what surprised me with the one this past summer. Because I had I was good observing conditions, and it, it was going right through the center of the Earth's shadow. Right. I was thinking, this right. is going to be a really dark
1: eclipse. And it really And wasn't. it wasn't. It wasn't, it yeah. It really kind of surprised surpri- me. Surpri- it surprised everybody. We all thought, well, it should be fairly dark because it is so central to the, the, the umbral zone. But it turned out to be pretty bright.
0: Yeah. Now, there's a scale that we have that we measure... How how dark the moon is? Can you explain right.
1: that a little bit? Yeah, it's the Danchin scale. However, you like to pronounce that in, in your best French accent. And um, basically, what we do is we grade it up to four based on the darkness. That's all on the Alpo website, so feel free to check that out, uh, Alpo Astronomy, and see what we have there. We have all sorts of observing forms and tips and that sort of thing. So. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun thing to estimate, and what I like to do is take the various observers who submit reports and kind of get a, a bit of a quantitative average over everyone's observations. So that would be valuable. If you make that estimate, it's not hard to do. Make the estimate, send it on to me, and we'll take a look and kind of, kind of compare it with everybody else's.
0: Great. And I noticed uh, I, I received the latest ALPO journal today in an email from Ken and there's a nice little article about the lunar eclipse and also the observing form that's being used.
1: Right, right. So yeah. that's. Ken a, was great.
0: Yeah,
1: go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say Ken has been great about making certain we all have the various tools we need, no matter what the, the section happens to be. And so, yeah, check out the current um, ALPO journal, and you'll be able to pick up that data. And also go online. You can print off copies or however you'd like to handle it.
0: And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not yet a member of the ALPO, membership begins at only $18 a year, so no reason you can't spend less than $20 to get the latest information from the ALPO.
1: That's not even a tank of gas or a pizza, is it? No,
0: no, not <laughs> no, It's like two cups of coffee, I think.
1: There you go, especially if you go to that particular brand of coffee that yeah. happens to be astronomically named.
0: There you go, yeah. Um... When is the next total lunar eclipse?
1: Got a, a partial lunar eclipse that occurs on July 16th next year okay. is visible in South America, Europe, Africa, Asia, and Australia, and then we've got a penumbral lunar eclipse that occurs January 10th, 2020, another penumbral that occurs June 5th, 2020, another penumbral occurs July 5th, 2020. Wow. Another penumbra occurs November 30th, 2020, and um, that kind of takes us through um, the next couple of years. So this is really a great opportunity, and you're last for a couple of years to see a total lunar eclipse.
0: Great. Um, now, all the like you mentioned all the observing forms are on the ALPO website. or You can go to the journal and pick it up there, and they're, also, they're all there. They send them directly to you. Yes, please. Is there any other information you'd like to share about the eclipse?
1: just get out and observe it and then let us know what you saw. Even if you just say, I saw it, let us know what you saw. We had you know, really tremendous number of reports from the um, total solar eclipse that ran across the United States. And so I'd like to see that enthusiasm continue. And send in your reports. We love to see what people have done, drawn. We get some terrific um, sketches. Robert Hayes has been, one of our most phenomenal observers is he does these wonderful sketches of the eclipses. So if you if you're if you're an artist, um, either you know with your hand or photographically, take some photos, make some drawings, and send them in to us.
0: Great. Now how can everybody get a hold of you?
1: Well, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Um, obviously through the ALPO, but also my college email address uh is m.d.reynolds at FSCJ, that's Florida State College at Jacksonville.edu. All
0: right. Sounds good. I'll put a link for that as well as the link for uh, any information on the lunar eclipse and observing forms on the show notes.
1: Sounds great, Tim. Appreciate it. And thereby get out and look up, and we should have a fabulous show come the end of, um, of January.
0: All right. Great. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today, Mike.
1: Glad to do so, Ted. Take care.
0: Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank our special guest, Mike Reynolds, for coming on and giving us some good heads-up information about the upcoming total lunar eclipse. Please get out there and observe it. I'll have all the links in the show notes below. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I really appreciate it. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, and Amazon Echo. You can help support the podcast by donating to it via Patreon. If you want to give up to $35 a month, you receive a year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that... I want to thank the producer of this podcast, Steve Sedentop, for his generous support of the Observer's Notebook. The link for Patreon, as well as the link for the ALPO, is in the show notes. If you want to get a hold of me, you can contact me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at at ObserversNBPod. Until next time, my hope is that you always have clear and steady skies. Thanks for listening.